Welcome, ladies and gentlemen. This is the Match Fit Football Podcast. I'm your host, Darren, back again with another episode. And today I am joined by a professional footballer is playing in Sydney, Australia for Sydney Wanderers, a recent addition to the Sydney Wanderers squad, Jordy Swivel. Jordy, welcome to the show. Glad to get you on. Thanks very much, May. Appreciate that. Um, yeah, looking forward to it. Well, like we just said, you know, I'm really, really glad to get you here. But like we just said, you're a recent addition, you know, to Sydney Wanderers, the Western Sydney Wanderers. You you move from Sydney FC. Um, we, we do get a lot of listeners who are younger players. They want to go pro or they're trying to improve their game. Maybe they are under a scholarship or coming up through the academies at various clubs. So I want to touch on something because it's quite unique to have someone on the show that's been recently involved in a transfer. Um, we're going to get into the mindset p- part of the podcast later on and the performance aspect as well. But I really want to touch on the transfer business. How does it work? And I know you moved on deadline day, so it was kind of all go for you. Um, talk us through that. Tell me everything that happens in that day and how hectic and crazy it is to, to be on the move on deadline day. Yeah. Um, yeah, like you said, it's, it's pretty hectic. Um, you know, I was... Um, I moved on from my previous club, which was Sydney FC, where I was um, in the youth team. I was there for five years um, and I had a great time there. And then it was time for, for Pastures New, so I moved on. Um, and then, yeah, just, you know, was at Western Sydney for a while and then finally um, got something over the line. But it happened to be on the deadline day, which was pretty crazy, um, like you said. So, um, yeah, you know, it was, I, I knew everything would get, get done and over the line but it's it's very hectic um like you said you know calling you know my agent and talking to the club and you know obviously with COVID as well it's uh it's been difficult to you know see people face to face so doing all that it has been very difficult so everything got over the line um about you know eight o'clock at eight thirty that night um which was quite you know quite late but everything was done it was it was all good so yeah it was um it was a pretty hectic experience to be a part of um but yeah, it was great. Even the mental side of that, you know, going through agents and going from saying goodbye to your teammates at one club and then moving on to the next club and trying to get everything done in that day. And then probably the next day you're straight into training. That must've been an exhausting couple of days. Yeah. Well, I was actually, um, I, the, our season finished, um, you know, I think it was in maybe, um, end of June um, and then we had a we had a little bit of a break um, so I was coming at the end of my contract with my old club um, and then the season for this coming season wasn't really pre-season wasn't starting for a, a few a few weeks so we had some time off um, but I knew that I was I was going to be leaving anyway so I was still in the process of finding a new club I wasn't too sure where I was going um, and then obviously here in, in Australia, but especially in Sydney, we had a major lockdown where we were in lockdown for, I think it was just over three months. Um, so, you know, there was time, there was a long time there where I had to do training on my own um, and I wasn't with, with the team, um, which was difficult. But, you know, I'm a very, you know, motivated person. And, you know, I, I got out there and I trained, you know, twice a day, every single day for for however long it was. And then that really helped me to then, you know, when I got given the opportunity to, to go and tr- train with Western Sydney, you know, I hit the ground running and, and that only benefited me, um, you know, on the pitch. And then, yeah, but like you said, it's, it's tough when you have to leave somewhere where you're so used to when you're there for five years, um, you know, 
just just the daily things even driving into training the same route that you take to training now changes so you know it's it's different but you know I'm I'm very happy with with my new club you know everything's great going going great there you know our season starts next week so yeah everything's looking great well it's glad to hear that you know season start next week wish you the best of luck on that we'll be keeping tabs on you see how you do i'm sure you're excited to get to get things underway but i want to go back in time a little bit tell me about falling in love with football what was it that drew you to football or to soccer um in australia and when did you make the decision or when did you know that you could have a full-time career in professional football yeah um well my dad uh, played football um, and you know he was the one that you know took me to games took me to trainings when I was you know four or five years old and I was kicking the ball about the house when I was you know two years old so I've always had a ball on my feet um, I'd say maybe the moment um, that I fell in love with football um, you know it was interesting I was listening to um, another podcast this morning where Dan Carter the um, New Zealand rugby player was on and he said there was a moment in his career when he fell in love with, with rugby um, and then it made me think this morning actually what made me fall in love with football and you know when the Australian national team the Socceroos uh, qualified for the 2006 World Cup um, we played Uruguay and the the game went to, to penalties mm-hmm. um, and you know, I think it was our first World Cup qualification in I think something like 34 years. Mm-hmm. So I was there at the game and, you know, I was maybe five or six years old and I just remember that feeling and, you know, when when we scored that winning penalty, just falling absolutely in love with the game and I, I said to myself, this is what I want. I, there's there's nothing more in life than I want to, to be on that pitch and to experience this. This is, you know, this is it. This is what I want to want to do. Um, and then to get on to your point about, you know, when I thought I could could make it, um, you know, I, I was I've always been someone who's had to work harder than others to get to get, um, you know, some form of success. Things weren't, you know, handed to me. You know, I was talented, um, but I had to work, you know, extremely, extremely hard. And that's been the whole case through my whole career ever since I've been, you know, 14, 15. Um, so. You know, when I first went to Sydney FC, I was, uh, I just, I think I just turned 18 or I was still 17 at the time. Um, and, you know, I had to, I had to work extremely hard even when I got there um, in the youth team. And I remember my first training session with the first team, I was miles off it. Um, you know, just the physicality, the, the tempo, the pace of everything was just different. Um, and I knew that I had so much more to work on. Um, and then, you know, ever since you know them playing against you know kids you know your age and some a little bit older and everyone's got the same goal and then you know as a striker you're scoring goals you're getting assists you know week in week out in the youth team that gives you confidence that you know you know what maybe I I am made for this and you know this is you know something that I can I can do so you know I've always had that belief in myself but when I got to do that you know at Sydney um, that was something that you know really spurred me on to have more belief in myself. One of the really interesting points that you made um, was you always had to work harder. You know, you were and you mentioned earlier when you were training by yourself, you're you're highly motivated. So you go out, you do your two sessions a day, no matter what you do, whatever it is that you do in those sessions. But the working harder part was something that really grabbed me. And I want to know, was that something that you noticed early on for yourself? You know, that you noticed you needed to work harder to be at the level that maybe your colleagues or peers were at? Or was that something where a coach was able to say, look, look, Jordan, you've got talent, 
but you need to start working a little bit harder. So where did that connect? Like, how did you connect those dots to say, I need to work harder to get where I'm at? Yeah, um, I don't I don't think there was, you know, a coach or someone that told me specifically and personally that I have to do extras than anyone else. Um, obviously, I've had coaches that have as a collective to the whole entire team have said, you know, things like, you know, the one percenters, they always add up, um, you know, making sure that you're the first one in and last one out, um, little things like that. But I think for me personally, I always, you know, enjoyed I, I got so much enjoyment from doing extra work whether that was uh finishing at the end of training or um you know any sort of ball work or sprints or any running um anything in the gym any stretching anything that was extra i enjoyed doing that um and i the reason i got into that was just because of the enjoyment really just knowing in the back of my mind that you know if someone walks off the pitch and I'm still on there, I'm getting better than them. It, it was a simple, you know, uh, mental thing for me. Um, and, and once you start it, you kind of become addicted to it. Um, so, you know, it, it's kind of like, like a drug. It's addictive because it's, it's a competition with not only others, but it's a competition with yourself. So always trying to be the first one to training, the last one to leave always, you know, doing extra work in the gym or on, on the pitch. So I think that came from, you know, within myself and it was very self-motivating. Um, and then as time went on, I felt that continuing to do these extras will help me in the here and the now, but also in the long term. It's an interesting point because that individual, you know, motivation to go and do that, you know, that extra training or that individual focus to stay behind and do some finishing or stay behind and do some sprints or to stay behind to do that, whatever, to get that extra 1% that you talked about. Have you noticed that paying dividends on the pitch? Have you noticed a significant increase or significant more significant development, if I can use that word, in your skills, in your ability, maybe even in just your mindset, because maybe you've always been able to do it physically, but it's that reassurance in your mindset. Have you noticed a significant difference um, from doing those extra sessions? Yeah, yeah, mo most definitely. Um, I think it's, a, you know, every every single, every little single thing that I've included into my so-called extras um, has, has helped me. Um, you know, whether that be, um, you know, I think it's very overlooked, you know, even the simple things like, you know, your nutrition, your hydration, your sleep, you know, being on top of that, that always helps. Um, and then, you know, all the things on the pitch, um, you know, as a striker, you know, knowing where the goal is and, and finishing um, is, you know, has to be second nature. Um, so, you know, finding the corners is something that, you know, we work on as strikers, you know, just touch and shoot straight into the corners and that becomes second nature. If you do, you know, maybe 40 extra shots a day and you're doing that four times a week of training, that adds up towards the end of the season and you'll, you've had thousands of more shots than someone who isn't doing it. So that's obviously going to help. And then, you know, things in the gym, you know, I'm at, when I started to get into doing my extras, I was in that, you know, developmental stage. So, from about, you know, I got into doing it around 15, 16, and now I'm 22. Um, so over time, 
in this in this age you're going to see development in your body anyway but adding in extra things especially in the gym um you know you see even more changes so you might not see someone for a while and then you see them you know a few years down the path and they go wow you've really you know gone stronger or gotten bigger or you know you look much quicker and more you know defined or whatever it may be and that's because you've been doing all the hard work which then in turn helps you on the pitch yeah, absolutely agree with that. And I think that's vital, you know, especially for young people listening to this podcast. You know, you're hearing someone who is still incredibly young and still has their whole career ahead of them, but they've started, you've started these, you know, these extras early and they're already paying dividends for you. And, you know, it's something that you've incorporated into probably your daily routine now where you always go out and do two sessions. You know, you mentioned that yourself. You go out and do two sessions every day, you know, whether you're at training or individually. And it's all—it's obviously paying off really well for you on the football pitch. You mentioned earlier on when you when you were responding, you know, you talked about nutrition, you talked about sleep, and I think a lot of the time, I like the word it this way. You know, when we watch football, there's we see ninety minutes on a football pitch, and that's really all we see as supporters. We don't see behind the scenes or behind the curtain. And behind the scenes is, you know, you mentioned double training sessions, constant hard work, constant dedication and discipline. And incorporated into that discipline is, of course, nutrition and sleep pattern. Talk to me a little bit about your nutritional, you know, your diet, your nutrition, how you stay on top of that, and obviously making sure you get the right amount of sleep every night and how that benefits you. Yeah, um, you know, as a young footballer, um, you know, you don't you don't even think of these things, but as you then transition into the professional game, you then get to understand just how important these things are. Um, so yeah, sleep wise, I always try and keep the same routine. You know, I'm up at 6 30, um, in the, in the mornings for, for training. Um, so, you know, I like to get my, you know, eight and a half, nine hours sleep. Um, and you know, sleep is so, so important. Even after a hard day's training, I might come home and, and have a little bit of a nap as well, uh, just to help the body recover. Um, you know, so good for recovery and then nutrition wise, um, you know, I've, it, for me, it's had to be a lot of trial and error over the years, um, but I think I've kind of perfected it now and I understand my body the most, which again, for other people is the most important thing. What is What works for me might not work for someone else. It's all about finding what's best, what's best for you. Um, but, you know, just, you know, the standard stuff, just eating, you know, extremely healthy foods, um, you know, regular meals, um, you know, making sure that you're having enough carbs before games, but, you know, enough protein after trainings and after games to, you know, you know, refuel um, and rebuild muscle. Um, so, you know, I like to eat healthy, um, you know, lots of salads and chicken and fish and, and all stuff like that. Lots of fruit um, and also hydration, you know, hydration is so important, especially here in Australia. It gets very hot during the summer. We play during summer. Um, that's when our season runs. So it gets very hot. So hydration is very, very key. Um, but, yeah, like I said, it's, it's trial and error. I've seen, you know, multiple nutritionists and, you know, trying to work out what's best for me. And I think at the moment I've perfected that. Um, and that just gives me the right amount of energy to go and perform my best and then the right amount of, you know, rebuilding and refueling uh, for my body. I think one of the fundamentals with professional football is understanding and knowing your own body. I know you mentioned that that you know your own body well enough and it, what works for you might not work for someone else and vice versa. And, and that understanding of your body has, has proven incredibly fruitful for you um, over, over the course of, of your professional career so far. And it will continue to reap the rewards, you know, 
later on into your career, would you supplement anything into your diet or do you take everything from your meals and snacks? Um, yeah, I do supplement um, every morning. I take, um, I take vitamin C, um, I take fish oil, uh, I take magnesium and a probiotic as well. Um, if it, like you said, it's best to probably get those from, you know, just straight food. But, you know, I think those things are just something that, you know, whether it's mental or whether it's not, I just think they, you know, might give me a little bit of um, a helping hand. So I just take those. And then obviously we have, um, you know, protein that we take after training, also creatine um, and any caffeine that you might need before training or anything like that. So those are kind of the supplements that I'll have um, on a day-to-day basis. What about for your recovery? Um, Do you do anything specific for recovery? Do you take any ice baths, any cryotherapy, anything along those lines? Or or after, especially when you do two sessions a day and you've went out and killed yourself and you've went and done all those extras and all those sprints, when you come home or when you go to the physio or whatever it is that you do after training, how do you make sure that you're in tip top shape to go again the next day? Yeah. Um, you know, uh, I think it's very interesting that, you know, people get kind of, you know, caught up in, you know, doing all the ice baths and the massage, which is great. You know, I'm, I'm a very big advocate for it. Um, there's a lot of, you know, studies and, and what have you, but I think the main important things that people overlook is what we were talking about before is, nutrition, hydration, and, and sleep. Um, they're the most important ones, which takes, take the most time to understand. Um, and then once you, you get them right, then you understand how good they are for you. But, you know, I do, I do everything, you know, that, that all other professionals do, whether that's, you know, an ice bath after training, um, you know, maybe a, a little pool session, just going for a light swim or just some, some light hydrotherapy, um a nice massage you know we've got great uh massage therapists um and then you know we've got the the game readies as well which is great um and that's basically it really that's what i I need for me personally other people don't enjoy certain things and some others like other things so like we were saying before each to their own um but those are the main things that i like to do for my body to recover it's fascinating to hear what different people do you know and having spoken to this you know several professional footballers throughout this series this season on, on the match fit podcast it's incredible to see what different professionals do to, to recover and it's like you say when when you understand your body and each to their own and you figure out what works for you and how you best recover it's 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 incredible i find it fascinating listening to how different professionals recover after intense yeah. training days and um, talking about the training pitch i want to know a typical day in the life for you when you when you walk into training because we've spoken to several goalkeepers on the show so far and we've spoken to a couple of strikers talk me through a, a typical training day for you as a striker okay um i won't talk you through a uh, match day minus one because they're you know like slow and boring um there's not much <laughs> to obviously preparing um for the game the next day so it's not much but maybe a, a, a session earlier in the week, maybe a Tuesday before a day off, which is a hard day where we kind of do a little bit of everything. Um, so I'm obviously in bed, you know, around 9.30, 10 o'clock. Um, I wake up at 6.30. I'll um, drive to training. It takes me around an hour to get to training. Um, so I arrive there around uh, just before 8 o'clock. Um, get into the training ground. Um, get changed, have some breakfast, um, which is usually maybe some yogurt and some muesli and some fruit or 
maybe um, some toast with peanut butter. I, I don't love to eat too much, but I know that I have to eat. And then I'll always have a coffee. I need a coffee before training, otherwise I'm a zombie. Um, and then it's into the gym after that. Um, there might be, it, depending on the time, we might have uh, some of the Champions League or Premier League games on um, that, that are on uh, over there in the UK or, or Europe. Um, and then it's straight into the gym. Um, at about 8.45, I like to do my own prehab, so I foam roll, um, make sure I feel loose. I do a little bit of mobility work. That takes around, you know, half an hour, and then I'm into my activation stuff, so all my mini bands, my hamstring activation, um, all that type of stuff. And then around 9.30, we have uh, team prehab in the gym, so we all do uh, a team prehab all together, uh, which takes around 15 minutes, just some exercises that the strength and conditioning coach puts on for us. Um, and then we might uh, have a meeting before training or we'll be straight out onto the pitch. Um, so we start training about 10 o'clock, be on the pitch for about an hour and a half. Um, if we're taking a Tuesday as an example, it'll be, you know, a warm up into some passing and then possession, and then we'll go into mini games. Um, and, and the games are great. You know, everyone loves the games. It's very high intensity, um, you know, tackles flying in, goals being scored, which is great. Everyone loves that competitiveness. Um, and then after, I always love to do finishing, um, whether it's a hard day or a light day. Um, I always love to do extras. So me and a couple of the lads will go grab a keeper and we'll, we'll do some finishing for anywhere between 15, 20 minutes, depending on how we feel. Um, and then after that, um, and it's always, it's always hard, to, hard to get us off the pitch. You know, we always want to stay longer, but the, the coaches have to almost drag us in. Um, and then we'll, we'll go in um, and have some, I, I always have a little just like electrolyte drink just to replenish some of the, the fluids I lost um, and the sodium I lost. And then it's into the gym again. Um, on, on these Tuesdays, we usually have uh, lower bodies. So we'll do some lower body explosive, powerful stuff um and that we'll finish that uh which takes around half an hour 45 minutes and then after that we've got lunch um so have a protein shake sit down as a team have some lunch um and then after that we've usually got a meeting um so it'll be split up into defenders midfielders um, and attackers um so we usually have a meeting then we'll re-watch the game uh that we played over the weekend um just you know look at places where we can strengthen ourselves and things that we did well and then after that um i'll maybe chill out for maybe 10 15 minutes in the change room and then i'll usually go back into the gym and do my own extras um kind of whatever i feel like whether that's some core work or upper body or if i want to do any more leg work i'll do that um and then usually then after that i'll go into an ice bath um and then usually get a massage, have a shower, get changed, grab something to eat because uh, it's it's a you know hour drive home, so I like to have something in the car. And then I'll get home and I'll I'll usually just you know maybe have a nap. Um, and then that's usually my day done. I might do a little bit of stretching, foam rolling in in the afternoon. Um, if I get home early enough, I might go play around a golf if I can fit it in. Um, and, and that's it. Then just, you know, chilling, relaxing, um, whether that's with my girlfriend or family or friends, whatever it may be, just kind of unwind. And, and then, yeah, that's basically what, what the day looks like. I had to laugh there at the end, you know, of your response, you said, and that's it as if, as if it's just a couple of things, you know, it's an incredibly full day an incredibly busy day, but 
obviously yeah. that's the demands of what it takes to play you know at the, yeah. at the professional level and something that you touched on earlier on was you you're very highly motivated and i want to bring bring it into what's called that i like to call it the match fit mindset portion you talked about being highly motivated and you talked about the hard work and doing the extras and all that you do where do you get that motivation from so when when it's tough and when you're struggling but you're going and you're doing the work every single day and i know you love football because you told us the story earlier about being at the australia match against uruguay and all the stuff that comes alongside that whenever you know you're, you're finding it tough where does that motivation comes from what is it that makes you disciplined what is it that makes you you know dedicated what is it that gives you that fire in the belly to get up every single day and to push through and to bust yourself on that pitch because you know that day you just described to me is incredibly full it's demanding it's physically intense it's probably mentally intense as well where, where does that motivation come from um yeah it's, it's a great question and um you know as footballers you don't really get asked that a lot you know um where that motivation comes from and, and what drives you on um i think i think for me it's it's because I, I want to succeed so bad. There's things that I want to achieve in my career. And I know that the only way I can do that is by outworking everyone else and outworking myself from the previous day, previous week, month, year, whatever it may be. Um, you know, I, I want to represent my national team. Um, I want to play the World Cup. I want to play in the Champions League, the Premier. These are things that, you know, I want to achieve. And that's what spurs me on every single day. And if at the end of my career it comes and I haven't achieved those things, okay, so be it. But at least I applied myself to my maximum where I can then sit back and go, okay, I've done everything in my power where I tried my hardest, I outworked everyone and I got to where I was and that, that's where my ceiling was. But I don't want to retire and, you know, in 10, 15 years time, sit back and go, ah, oh, you know, I wish I would have done this. Or if I worked harder, I could have done better. I, I, I really don't want to do that. I don't want to have any regrets in this game. Um, you know, I, I feel very, very privileged to do something that I love. And, you know, like you said, you know, it's a very jam-packed day, but it, it's, a, it's a blessing to be able to have this job. Um, you know, I'm, I'm living my childhood dream, which is to be a professional footballer. So that desire and that passion comes from just the will to succeed. That's that's all I really want to do. I want to achieve um, a lot of things in, in football. And I, I know that I need to work extremely hard to get there. So that's where that motivation comes from. It's phenomenal to hear that, you know, that work rate and that desire to leave nothing on the table, you know, to give everything you have to go to as high as you can in your career that's phenomenal and one word that we haven't discussed yet and it's often labeled a lot with strikers um but every now and again if a team is struggling you hear this word kind of thrown around that a team is short on confidence where does confidence fit in for you personally and how does it affect a striker specifically because you hear that all the time when a striker misses a chance oh he's short on confidence whereas i think sometimes it's kind of just thrown out and it's not really maybe correct. It could just be the ball just bounced up as the striker hit it, and it might not be short in confidence at all. But you know, it's a word that's kind of just thrown and around, and kind of people get labelled as having no confidence quite often. But for you as a striker, and for you just even as a professional footballer, where does confidence fit in to everything else that's going on there? Yeah, definitely. Um, I think, I think for me, again, going back to it, it's just 
doing the, the extra work gives me confidence because I know in the back of my mind that, you know, I've done everything I possibly can to prepare myself for the weekend's game. Um, you know, if I'm, if I'm sitting there on a Friday night before a Saturday game and I'm going, oh, you know, I didn't do this or I didn't do that, maybe I might be second-guessing myself. Um, but, you know, like you said, as strikers especially, you get put in the spotlight because we're the ones that score the goals. We're the one that has to, to win the game for our team. Um, and, and like you said, it, it can be just, you know, you don't get the rub of the green. The ball might bounce. There might be you know, a lucky deflection, the keeper might be having an absolute worldie. So, you know, there are many things that go into it. But for me, the main confidence comes from, you know, putting in the hard yards and putting in the work and then knowing in the back of my mind that I've done that and I can just go out and play and enjoy and not have to worry about any um, internal, external, um, you know, any anything internal external and it's just going to be me and the ball and and that's it um and and like you said you know there's there's times as a striker where you have a chance and you miss it and i think i think that comes with experience and that's something that i'm learning at this stage in my career um you know is you might get a chance and you might miss it but you can't you can't just you know dwell over that and be like oh like that was my chance like i'm never going to get another one but you know in five seconds or five minutes or 50 minutes, whatever it may be, you might get another chance and then you have to take that one. So being able to stay confident in your ability is, is super important. Um, and, and just knowing that when you get your chance, you'll take it. And no matter how many you miss, you'll get another one and you'll score the next one. It's, it's a phenomenal attitude to have. And I always liken it back to an interview I heard with Alan Shearer when I was a kid. You know, Alan Shearer said he went out into every game of football he played believing he was going to score a hat-trick. And the reason was because he stayed behind at training and scored a hat-trick, at least with all his different shots after training, whether he's hitting free kicks, penalties, shots into the corner, he always scored. So he came out into the game knowing that he can hit the net back of the net. And I just always find that little bit of that little tidbit into his mindset really really fascinating and i love talking about the mindset i love talking about people's mentality and i want to ask you about the importance of having a strong mindset and a strong mentality how important is that to you as a professional player yeah extremely extremely important um i think it's overlooked quite a lot um, and especially from the outside as you know people looking in at footballers and professional athletes for that matter um i think you know having a, a strong mindset is extremely extremely important um you know for me i could have easily gone you know i got let go by my club um and there's a three-month break and it's you know we had a covid lockdown and i could have easily just you know sat on my ass and done nothing it would have been very easy for me to do that and you know you know eat bad food and you know not train and you know have a poor mindset and and think you know oh, why me i should have i deserved it over someone else but you know football is a very very short career and you don't have time to do that stuff um the only time you have is to keep working hard and and putting in in the work um and i think you know mindset is is like i said very very overlooked um and it, it's super important um for me i i like to write down you know in in my journal i've got a little journal just here i'm not going to show you what exactly is in it but um yeah you know i i like to sit down and write in in my journal every day just you know 
you know, things I'm grateful for, things that I want to achieve for the day. Um, and, and I like to tick them off. And if I haven't achieved something and it might be a setback, I know that, you know, tomorrow's a new day. I can work extremely hard tomorrow and things will, will be okay. Um, so I think mindset is extremely important. Yeah, definitely. And with your, you know, writing it down and even, you know, journaling sort of your experience for the day, would you consider yourself very goal driven in that aspect? Yeah, I, I, I like to think so. Um, you know, I sit down um, at the beginning of every season and, you know, I write down all my goals that I want to achieve. Um, you know, even when I was, you know, I've still got the sheet of paper up on my, on my wall in my room. Um, I think I was maybe 17 or, or 16 um, when I first, you know, went to Sydney FC. Um, and I wrote down goals that I wanted to achieve for that year, in two years, in three years, five, ten, and then my ultimate goals. And I've still got the sheet of paper there and I look at it every day. And, you know, I, I, I love having those goals and those things to, you know, strive for and to achieve. And even if it's a year or ten years from now, I like to then even write my daily goals, you know, whether that's, you know, just smiling through the day or, you know, just enjoying being a professional footballer or, you know, trying to score a particular type of goal in training, um, goal-driven. I'm, I'm very much that type of person and I've got that uh, characteristic about me. Um, and I think it's, it, it's worked for me. Obviously, we've talked about mindset. We've talked about the hard work and, you know, even writing down goals and then working extremely hard to achieve those goals. Um, whenever you have a ch hit a setback, you know, you mentioned, you know, being let go, you could have sat in your backside and done nothing, but you decided to go out and work hard. How do you overcome those setbacks? Do you just, like, what is it that pushes you over the limit to, to say, nah, nah, I'm not letting this hold me back. I'm going to keep it. I'm just going to keep going. Um, you know, I think for me, um, because I put so much hard work and time and effort and blood and sweat and a lot of tears into it, um, I, I've gotten to a point now where I've said, why would I give up now? You know, I put so much work into it as far and I've achieved what I've achieved, but like, what if I just keep going? Like, what, what if I keep going for another day, another week, another month, a year, what, what could happen? But if I, you know, said to myself, oh, I put in all this work and I'm not achieving what I want to achieve and I called it quits, I, I don't think I could live with that. And I think I'd be very regretful later in life. Um, so I've gotten to a point where I've put so much work in that, you know, I, I know that I will achieve what I want to achieve in this game. Um, and yeah, I think it just comes back to putting in so much work that I've gotten to a point where, you know, why would I give up now kind of mentality? I love that mentality. And I think that's something for our listeners to really take on board, you know, the hard work is, you know, that's why you put in the hard work. You know you're motivated to put in that hard work because you want to achieve the best that you can you can achieve you know you're not going to stop you're not going to quit why stop now and you know for any young person listening to this podcast and you're going up through the youth setup and you're trying to get you know to go pro as a professional why stop now you've been putting in the work keep at it keep going endurance and a key thing that i've noticed about you and all of your answers and how we've even had this conversation is your attitude you know you're wanting to learn you're wanting to develop you're wanting to push yourself you're wanting to be pushed to achieve and, and to work hard and i think that's incredible and i think one of the questions i love asking is actually if you could offer a piece of advice to a young person who wants to go pro what 
advice would you give them? And but as just as we begin to close, I want to ask you that because there are a lot of people listening and there is a lot of phenomenal information that you have given us on this podcast. I'm going to ask you for a little bit more if you could give one piece of advice to young people listening to this. What piece of advice would you give them? Um, it's tough. You know, I'm still I'm still young. I'm I'm only 22, so I'm still looking for for advice from um, you know the senior players in my team and and the relationships that I've made over my footballing career thus far. I'm still looking for for advice every single day. Um, I think one from a personal experience. I, I I won't give one that someone's given me. I don't think that's the right way to do it. I think one from a personal experience is like this whole this whole podcast has been about has just been hard work. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I think just literally outworking the person next to you and being the hardest worker in the room will get you places. Um, You know, everyone's got talent, whether that might be in football or in a different sport or in business, whatever it may be. Everyone's got some talent. Um, And the only way to make that talent shine is by working extremely hard and almost becoming obsessed with it, really. Um, you know, and you've got a short window to do it. So why not do it? I, I think that mindset of, ah, oh, it's too much time. It's too much effort. It's no, it, it's a good challenge um, for, for whatever it may be. Putting your 110% effort and dedication into something and giving it your all will get you places. And um, I think that's the, the main bit of advice I'd, I'd give to young players. And the thing as well with that, um, not not to try and add to what you've said, because what you've said is phenomenal, but but what you have said will ultimately give people that extra 1% that they need in various aspects of their game through that hard work. And I think that's just so important for young players coming through, even even older players, seasoned veterans, maybe people come to the end of your career. It's not over yet. You can still work hard. You can still give that extra 1%. You can still finish on a high. You know, I think there's something in that for everybody. And as you mentioned, even in business and every walk of life to take from your story and from your journey. And Jordy, this has been a phenomenal conversation. Where can people find you on social media to, to follow you and to see what you're up to and to continue to support you on your journey? Um, yeah, I mainly use Instagram. So it would be Jordy underscore Swibble. Um, and yeah, that's that's basically it, mate. So no, thank you very much for the chat. I really appreciate it. Um, hope even if you take one thing away from from what i've said that that's great um but yeah i really appreciate you guys having me on it's been fantastic absolutely delighted to get you on the show you know of course you're starting the season next week good luck with that all the best that we'll be keeping an eye on it hoping to see your name up with goals goals and more goals this season and for all of our listeners at MatchFit Football, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram for your MatchFit Football needs. This is the MatchFit Football Podcast. This is Jordy Swivel. We've had a great conversation. We appreciate you listening to it. Jordy, thank you so much for coming on the show. Thank you, mate. Cheers.